0: Log Talk Radio.
1: How the hell are you? It's another episode of Race Chat Live. Chris Craig and Taz Taylor. Cannot wait to get things started here on this uh, hot and balmy Tuesday afternoon in the state of Mississippi. We've got uh, Craig Moore, who's down in, uh, I believe, LaBelle, Florida. And uh, Taz Taylor, who's up in the upstate New York area. I'm glad to have everybody back on board here this show, man. It's been a while since we've all been in the same room together. Uh, Looking forward to covering some pretty big topics and uh, some opinions and uh, whatever else may come to mind here uh, this afternoon. Welcome to the show, Craig and Taz. How are you all doing today? Buddy, we are
2: absolutely phenomenal down here in Florida, except for the severe thunderstorm we're getting ready to get again. Another one. Third one for the day. But you know what? We'll take it. We need the
1: rain. I'm
3: back, boys. Let's go. Look. Who lives in a pineapple
0: under the sea? SpongeBob! I've had and enough.
3: And
0: Dude, suns I've Bob had...
2: Chris Chris you were going to be in my will But not now (laughs) Oh
1: What are you doing The Tasmanian Hey Chaz is finally back from his
2: vacation
1: Wow Dude took like a month off I know it almost sounds like Chris (laughs) Dang
3: Ouch (laughs) What up buddy uh, not much in the good old up here north end of the deal. Yep, hey, uh, real quick, there, we've got... Here. Any snow on the ground yeah. yet? <laughs> What's that, Chris? Uh, any snow on the ground yet? Uh, no, and it can stay that way.
0: <laughs> well,
2: in order for that to happen, Tad, you have to move south.
3: Oh, Lord. Unfortunately. It won't
1: be long, will it? Wow. All right. Well, so we've we got
2: a lot to cover. Yeah, go ahead. We've got, Yeah, we do have a lot to cover, but uh, we probably should congratulate Bree. She finally decided to that she was going to make Kaz an honest man and say yes. So congratulations oh, yeah. to Kaz and Bree on their engagement. Um, hope, uh, he now hope has. You,
1: uh, hope you have more success than Craig.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Chris on fire right now. Dang. Well, you know why Uh, one
2: keeps one happy when you can make a bunch miserable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll pay for that one. In my own world, right? Carmen's a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. is. Hey, look. Look, Craig
3: threw a fireball at Chris. Chris threw one back. I think we're even at this point. (laughs) i was kind of like the kind of like the Denny Hamlin and Ross
1: Chastain incident a couple weeks ago, huh?
2: No, there's no, they're nowhere near even. Denny owes him uh, far more than. I think Denny owes
3: like five fireballs compared to Ross's one. Yeah, Denny's on
1: DBC this week. Uh, Maybe you guys haven't caught that episode, uh, but. uh, Denny Hamlin joined, uh, the boys this week. Uh, when I say that, I mean, Freddie Kraft and, uh, Brett Griffin and, uh, T.J. Majors along with, uh, Casey. And I tell you what, man, he, uh, kind of a likable guy, two-finger Hamlin is.
0: Stinky-finger
2: Hamlin. I mean, sticky-finger.
0: stinky
1: Oh, yeah, but anyway, if you, uh, when you guys get a chance, go and, uh, check out the DVC uh download this this past, uh, i think it came out yesterday or whatever but uh yeah Denny Hamlin's on there and he he gives a lot of inside information and uh um uh you know i mean he's a team owner now like who is more diverse right now in in cup uh the Denny Hamlin who's not only uh a team owner but also drives for a totally different company so no we don't um, if... <laughs> right <laughs> yeah he. He almost crossed that line on the uh, podcast as well. But I don't want to give away what they talk about. We got plenty to talk about ourselves, uh, including uh, this truck race at IRP, guys. I don't know if you guys caught it or not. But, uh, man, I sure do miss the IRP being on the race. It was a heck of a race. Grant Enfinger uh, was uh, claimed victory at IRP. Um, you know, it's been a long time, since 2011,
3: I believe, that uh, IRP had been raced at. Did you guys catch the race? I did not. Uh, I've been slacking on my racing deal. I have a legit excuse though. All right. Uh, what about you, Craig?
1: Did you check it out?
2: I checked out clips of it. I didn't get to watch the whole race. I was working Friday night and Saturday. So.
1: Right, right. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, it was a good race and, uh, you yeah, know, Greg Enfinger was able to pull it off. Uh, kudos to that race team. Um, you know, John Hunter check I guess, he, he decided to try to wreck the field um, at the beginning of the race. Um, so uh, it's it was uh, really before the cup race, I would have said it was the best race of the weekend. I watched the IndyCar race. I watched uh, the, the Xfinity race. And I watched the truck race, and uh, up until the cup race, I felt like the uh, truck race was probably way more exciting uh, than watching paint dry. Uh,
3: yeah, I heard, I, heard a lot of the things, I heard a lot of good things come out of the truck and Xfinity races this weekend, and it got to the point where people were trying to debate um, what Indianapolis as a whole should do with not only the main three series but arca as well and the most popular hit quite honestly and i may be jumping a little ahead of ship at this point but i kind of want to get out of here while i'm thinking about it um a lot of hits on twitter were saying arca and trucks should be hitting irp xfinity should be hitting the indianapolis road course although some people did throw in xfinity should have an irp date on top of that. Um, and then the Cup Series should get off the road course in general and try out the oval with the new next-gen car and see if it improves the racing product um, for the oval, like some of these boring races we have, we're normally used to seeing that have now turned into energy, have now turned into something to talk about uh, for, with this next-gen car.
1: Right, right, right. And with that we're talking about Charlotte and a few of these other racetracks that we've seen kind of ho hum type racing over the last several years. Uh it is kind of exciting to wonder what this car would do. And uh for the most part the uh cup race I feel like was well, it was on the it was on the edge of being non exciting and then something kind of something kinda of heated up there. Uh I listened to the racing.
2: You mean when Larson well, yeah. forgot
1: what his brake pedal was? So I listened to the race two-thirds of it, like, on the radio. And, you know, that was the first time I'm kind of hearing the PRN guys and all. And um, they, I, I think compared to MRN, they, they need a little bit of work. Uh, but um, so, yeah, I did watch the last third of it. And, of course, that was the Kyle Larson, uh, you know, out of control dive bombs into Ty Dillon. You know guys, we don't know if that car would have even stopped yet right um it was it was rolling they said the uh the computer uh you know they have type black boxes, I guess' kind of uh which you want to compare them to in these race cars, and so they said that the uh the car was going hundred and twenty five miles an hour in that incident before the collision so um that was it. You know, when you see all four tires like that, guys come off the ground. It, it was definitely a hard hit. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad everybody's all right.
2: But uh, yeah, that was that was a heck of a hit. I seen that and I was like, whoa! What do you forget where the brake pedal was?
1: Yeah, yeah. Apparently, <laughs> he forgot where something was. So they 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 haven't really come out and said what happened there, right? Uh, so. I believe NASCAR released our uh Hendrick motorsports released a statement earlier and let me see if I can cool that up real quick um, basically saying that uh that the brakes were fine so um, we'll see if I can get that real quick um, but they yeah they' right at this point in time. Uh, there's no, there's been no real explanation on why the car, uh, did what it did. It was said that, uh, Kyle got into the braking zone too deep and got out of shape, that the brakes did not fail, checked with Hendrick Motorsports, and they didn't see any sign of brake failure in Larson's car following the wreck at Indy. They also would have data that would potentially show a mechanical failure, indicate a mistake by Larson. So, Larson went in too deep and uh, and didn't recover. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, maybe we should keep our eye on Kyle Larson because he's definitely not the driver this year that he was last year. Uh, that, I mean, we have topics coming up here in a minute, but, I mean, should we hit the worry button about Kyle Larson? He said he wanted to go to no. the streak. No. And that was two and a half months ago or three months ago. That was, that was in the springtime. Like, it's been, like, He's on a race-win drought. No, no, no. I'm hearing that in the background. Please speak.
0: Uh,
3: Personally, I I wouldn't worry about Larson right now. I mean, is he in a struggling point? You can argue that, but I wouldn't worry about him. I mean, look at – shoot, what was it? His last year with Ganassi, I think it was 2019 – when we all thought Larson would be out early and he actually made a deep playoff run out of nowhere so i mean he could be facing that again this year but like i said i wouldn't i wouldn't hit the panic button on Larson do i see him as a high strong championship pick you can ar- uh-huh. i can argue yes but at the same time argue no but, but right. i wouldn't count him out
1: so don't 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 stress too early Larson's okay I don't know man I don't know I don't know if he's all right I think uh I think Hendrick gave him the best in the ship last year uh and uh now it's somebody else's turn at the Hendrick organization and and uh you know a lot of focus is on the Willie Willie B team and on uh Chase Elliott's team so you know and I'm not surprised that uh Alex Bowman's had the finish that he's had. And I kind of feel like Larson, you know, he had his year. And that was all Kyle <laughs> Hendricks going to give him.
2: Yeah, I Kinda think last me year of Mark this, I think his, his best year was last year.
1: Yeah, we're definitely think, not seeing the same Kyle Larson from last year at all. Like by the persona and and everything else, I mean you know he's even in the dirt world, he's not winning as much as what he was last year
3: yeah he i i think I think he maybe figure- still trying to figure out the next gen deal like some of these other drivers but i but I think it's just it could come down to the. The variety we're getting this year Instead of seeing the Gen 6 where everyone Knows what the car is like and you base Everything off speed and And skill and whatever but Now that things are kind of more balanced Out with the next gen car it's just come Down to uh, What drivers can Prevail out of it and which ones can't That's all
0: Right,
2: right?
3: No I think I, I think we're gonna
2: we'll We'll see Getting back to uh, Larson, he, he'll turn his season around. I, but I, I'm a firm believer in his best year was last year. Uh, I don't. I, I honestly don't think he's going to repeat his champion. I think we're going to have a we're going to have a new defending, you know, a new champion coming into the final race this year. I believe it's at Phoenix again. I really wish they'd move that around. But yeah, that's the
1: topic a topic for another night. I'm not the greatest fan myself of the Phoenix uh, closer there. Craig More, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'd like to see it kind of float around. or I even go back to Homestead. I liked it at Homestead. I thought that was the perfect place. You started in Florida and you end in Florida. I mean, that, that sounded like the perfect. Uh, perfect Listen, i kind of say you start place place at Daytona, place. you end at Daytona. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know. it's, it's, it's Both places are feasible at that time of year, so. Definitely, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's on a wild card anyway, right, Craig? The only significant championship is actually the regular season championship that's not even celebrated. Not even celebrated. Yeah, and it looks so, like Chase Elliott's going to run away with that one, uh, by almost 100 points before it's all over with. So, uh, A.J. Allmendinger wins the next Trinity. Any surprises there? Uh, this guy's, uh, man, He's he's a road course killer, a real bad dealer. A rock and roll thriller, huh?
2: <laughs> no, I think I I, I think that uh, he deserves another shot in cup. At least see what he can do on a full time basis with a. Uh, you know, if it's not colleague colleague, give him a good give him a good team. Uh, you know, one of the big money teams, and see what he can do. Um, yeah. He's proven himself. Yeah. And that's going to be a little bit
1: later on, the the topic later on here in the show of whether or not AJ uh, will, uh, uh, do whether or not that second chance, this is his last chance for a second chance. I think that's how we kind of worded it. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. We are uh, kind of supposed to be talking about the Xfinity uh, series and what we've seen from them. I believe the Xfinity series has been the most uh, talented uh, group of racers that I've seen in a long time in that series. There's a couple of good core group uh, racers there, that uh, I think are uh, you know, staples of the series, and you know whether or not Noah Gregson and uh, Justin Algear they 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 move up. You also have AJ Allmendinger and Justin Algear who are kind of the older cats that are that are bringing these kids along, um, and and, I, and I, it'll be interesting to find out because I believe Mr McMullen, uh, or Mr CJ Sports, I should say. He's never been too fond of the fact of AJ getting an opportunity uh, back in the cup level. But uh, we can argue that uh, here in just a little bit. Is there any other takeaways from the Xfinity race? Did you guys uh, get a hold of that? Um, I I feel like probably for the first time, uh, I kind of understand the idea of how stage racing sucks in some of these smaller series and uh, at the road courses. Um, I, I kinda feel that for the first time in all these years. I've been kind of a fan of the stage racing just because they don't like it to get it all drawn out. But it just seemed like the race had its own had its own level with the Xfinity cars and they just never really got settled in. Did you guys uh were you guys able to watch any of those races? Yeah.
2: No, I I like the stage racing. I think if they're going to keep, it, if they're going to make a change, you ought to just leave it for the Cup Series and let everybody else race normal. Let everybody race the way that it used to be. That's, that's my
0: an thought. Oh yeah,
2: I, mean,
1: I, I think that's an interesting perspective. You only have one series where you have a single lug nut, so you know there should be some differentiate in the in the types that you know basically the series. I look. Oh. I wonder right now if the Xfinity series is kind of the future Cup series and what we call the Cup series today is going to be some kind of road course Trans Am type series or, or, or pony car series or something to that effect. Um, because I'm just not seeing much of the crossover uh, from the Xfinity series to the Cup. They, these cars are nothing alike. They're, um, you know, and, and, and i I promise you, Taz Taylor. I watched the Penny Series race, I believe, uh, from the leap, wherever it was, you know, on the last one on Flow Racing, and that was some good racing. I like those cars, man. You, uh, you, you had you had that right this whole time. Uh, that Penny Series, man. I tell you what, if we could get more racing like that, man, I, I think uh, we would be headed in the right direction. But you know, whether or not Xfinity becomes Cup and Cup becomes something else. I guess is only what we see. in Dale Jr. said that uh, Xfinity Series may become an SUV series. I don't know uh, how well that would work out. Um, but uh, that is the cars that are typically sold at the car lots these days, huh, Craig?
2: Yeah, SUVs are, SUVs are uh, is the biggest seller in, in most car lots, period, around the country. So the shaggin' wagons, as they used to be called.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Cass, good, good job on getting me uh, onto this uh, penny
3: series. I'm telling you, they. I mean, yes, they run short tracks and road course, street course. But I mean, if you want an ideal of what kind of racing we could see, because I. In a sense, to me, these next gen cars kind of, kind of look like these penny series cars. I mean, obviously, they have each both of these cars have their own differences and whatnot. But I honestly think that um, that we could see similar type of racing. So, if you want to look at what how good these street course races could be, I would point the finger at the penny series on flow racing or even, or even check out some of the, um, uh, I know people will have highlights on YouTube. I'm sure. Uh, I think there's like a couple channels that somehow recorded the races, but they got copyright uh, purposes to do so. But, um, but yeah, I would highly recommend go check them out.
1: Right.
3: Well, back to the cup news.
1: Tyler Reddick, guys, does this uh, does this calm things down? at Richard Childress racing, getting the second win here. Listen, I I
2: was watching Childress's reaction. Sorry, I'm standing outside and it's pouring like cats and dogs. Um, I watched Childress's reaction after the race Sunday, he was not very jovial with Tyler's win. And, you know, I I understand that Tyler's leaving at the end of 2023, probably the end of 2022. But, uh, he just did not seem enthusiastic like when any of his other drivers win. So, uh, I honestly think that he's seriously butthurt with uh, Tyler leaving.
1: Kind of juvenile. Maybe. Uh, Taz. Uh,
3: I think RCR, I think Childress is starting to give Reddick the cold shoulder at this point. I mean, Reddick's I think Redick right now is looking for what's best for him. I think RCR... I, I know Reddick's thankful for what Childress has done by kind of rejuvenating uh, his career or kind of, you know, helping him launch himself. But Childress needs to kind of sit here and think that because Reddick did something that you may not like, if you're really supportive of this kid like you have been for the last few years, you shouldn't act like an irritated, ticked-off jerk. Like, you should be happy that he's trying to...
0: Propell himself in his, his
3: career. He's 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 gonna he's trying to put himself in the best position to go out there win championships and He's giving you his best he, effort. He's outperforming R C R and R C R equipment, but he ain't gonna <laughs> win championships in there. Yeah.
1: Not with Richard Childress's attitude, of course not. Sailing, no. that's the problem. That's the problem. Like, you know, get over it, man. It's quite juvenile. Uh, you should be su- you should be supportive of your driver giving you one hundred percent. It's not like you were winning races before this, kid. I heard, and this is what I heard on DBC, that Tyler Reddick went to Childress and was like, "Look, man, I want to sign a long term deal. I want to make sure I'm here at Childress for a long time." But this is what I'm asking. And Childress said, you haven't won for me yet. I'm not going to give you that type of deal until you win for me. So by the time he did get the win, the deal was already done with Denny Hamlin. And Denny Hamlin says that Ch- Tyler Reddick showed up with him with contracts already written from other teams that all he had to do was sign. So, um, you know, that's uh, – you know, Childress, Childress should have learned his lesson 10 years ago when he lost Kevin Harvick uh you know, it shouldn't have even been allowed to to get to where it is right now. And uh, if just made a bad decision by not giving the kid uh, a long-term extension, it's, it's, it's almost like this has been the story career of Tyler Reddick. You tell him no, and he says, go, okay, watch me. You know, maybe that's what this kid's feeding off of. Maybe that's why, you know, all of a sudden it did come together for him the same week that they announced. That they're uh, that they're that he's moving to twenty three eleven. Maybe this is the kick in the ass Tyler Reddick needed to become a superstar in the sport, which I think he's capable of. Pisses me off that Richard Childress, like as a matter of fact, you want a good, you want a guy that's capable of driving the race car just as well as Tyler Reddick is, and you're going to sit here and blow it on being a dickhead to the guy. Like you could really put somebody in the A car. That's capable of winning championships because they see Tyler Reddick can get it done, right? But not the way that, not the way Richard Childress is acting. And this is, you know, he—that's why he's got his grandkids racing for him, right? Uh,
3: <laughs> not entirely wrong. There you go. Sorry, you hit sir. the nail right on the head.
2: And you know, I, I get it. Tyler wanted a long-term deal. Richard wanted him to win. And like you said, Chris, to reiterate what you said, the deal was done, and he pops off a win, I believe it was that weekend. So, the same week it was announced, if I'm not mistaken, correct?
0: Yes. Right, right, right.
2: So, it's not like he's mailing in performances. I mean, he's not just going out there and running laps. He's actually giving it. A hundred and ten percent. Oh
0: yeah, and yeah.
2: and I really think that maybe Children should take the route of Vince McMahon and step aside at Richard Childress Racing and let Andy Petrie take over. Because uh, Petrie, if you watched his reaction to Reddick winning, he was, was ecstatic.
0: Turnout. Right. Yeah.
2: He was ecstatic. Of I course. mean, you know, and that just shows you how richard values his talent kind of reminds me of joe gibbs you know you you've not uh you you're not winning for me see you later i'm not going to give you what you want see you later and then all of a sudden boom here we do we but pop off two big wins and the Reddit end of the day was
1: knocking on the door right craig i mean Craig, he was knocking on the door. We knew that Tyler was going to win, eventually. It was
2: only a matter of time before he knocked the door off the hinges. Right. And you knew once he got one win, it wouldn't be too long before he got his next one. Now, they're calling him the new, I heard it, I believe it was either last night on Race Hub or tonight, about him being uh, a new road course ace. Um, I I don't know if I necessarily buy that. Yeah,
3: uh-uh, I wouldn't do that.
2: You know, but I when they said that, him. I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute!"
3: You know, uh-huh. you
2: said that about Kyle, Bu- or Kyle Busch. You said that about Tony Stewart. You said that about Chase Elliott. Um, you know, Chase Elliott is the the newest road course ace that you're comparing him to. I don't know if I would do that, you know that's putting a lot of pressure on somebody that doesn't uh doesn't necessarily need it in my opinion
1: yeah before we go to uh our hot topics of the evening um I do want to cross the bridge with ross Chastain. you guys uh you guys probably know what i'm gonna what i'm gonna what i'm gonna say here right.
2: No, go ahead.
1: No, I mean you know he he blew the he he blew the course. He jumped out in front of the leader. Uh, then NASCAR DQs him. That you know. Um, people had blown the course earlier throughout the weekend. No penalties on the last lap. A penalty was assessed. My issue with it is, what if Chastain? and Reddick had bumped doors and gotten into it as they were racing for victory. And Chastain would have been under penalty, which means that his, he wouldn't have, his spot, he was fighting for a spot that was irrelevant. That could have completely changed the outcome of the race. And NASCAR continuously preaches about, you know, uh, trying to throw a race. Uh, basically, with them not telling Chastain that he was under penalty, that could have thrown the race into Austin fans hands. Uh, you guys got any opinions on that before we move to the hot topics? Well,
2: NASCAR is never consistent on their penalties anyway, um, or, or their rulings on or their rules on things, I should say. Uh, as you mentioned, several drivers did it earlier in the race and there was no, no real penalties. He does it and they disqualify him. I'm not quite sure why he did it. I didn't get to see that. Uh, I don't know if it was a safety thing. Uh, but, you know, if NASCAR is not going to be consistent, Then they should just take that rule and throw it out the window. Matter of fact, throw the whole damn rule book out the window. If you're not going to be consistent on one, what the hell is the sense of having a rule book?
3: Yep, Todd. Yeah, uh, Craig kind of hit it hit a good point on that. I mean, NASCAR has never been fully consistent um, on penalties. They kind of favor those that feel like they should be favored and leave it at that, pretty much. And, I mean, and they kind of screw over the drivers that, you know, work their tail off or, you know, but it's never going to be consistent. We're, you're never going to please everybody, and that's just how it is. But um, they, I think they could look at it more as – they need to look at the situation happening and at least let the driver plead their case before they say bold penalty. See ya Well, because if they do that if they do that, then that holds up the point
2: system and holds up the ranking. So well, they can
3: do that during well, they can do that during the post race tech. Because, I mean, mean, nothing's fully official until post-race tech comes in.
0: That's
2: true.
3: I'm just trying to double that because
2: NASCAR always wants to release stuff right away. And the points updates, well, you kind of can't do that if you allow a driver to plead a case. Now, if that's the case, then you're going to have five drivers in there during the race trying to plead their case. So, again, it's six of one, half dozen of the other in my eyes. I think NASCAR, right. as I said, NASCAR needs to get more, more more, consistent on the rules. They don't work for some. They work for others. Some have to follow. Some don't. Um, it's everybody yeah. follows or nobody follows.
1: Yeah. And so they said they said that there was a rule – that stated that uh, you had to do a stop and go penalty in turn 12 if you blew turn one, uh, but that can neither be confirmed nor denied. Um, I would be irate if I was track house racing, knowing that other people were not credited throughout the race with the same penalty. Uh, but it did seem, uh, it seems like, you know, uh, once you make an enemy at NASCAR, especially uh, when you're you know, red and golden boys chances and stuff like that, that you become out of favor with NASCAR. And that's, uh, that's kind of where these extra penalties and slaps in the face come from. Uh, we're ready to go to stat of the week, man. Oh man. We got an interesting stat this week. This is going to lead right into, uh, our next, our, our very first hot topic, uh, of the night guys, uh, Phyllis. uh, the stat of the week, I shared it to you earlier. So, uh, this is amazing, right? Seven, consecutive finishes outside the top ten for Kyle Bush and Joe Gibbs Racing in the NASCAR Cup Series. Since joining the NASCAR Cup Series on a full-time basis in 2005, Kyle Bush has never gone seven races without a top ten result. Wow.
2: That's, That's amazing.
1: That's quite a feat. Any comments on that? I mean, how what what amazing. I know it's 7 like you know, that's kind of a, a odd number. But, you know, it and obviously the DQ kind of made this happen, right? Like this this stat would have never happened had he not got DQ. So technically, this stat of the week is almost, you know, it should have a a, a what's it called, the rister the the little note to the side of it or whatever yeah the asterisk an asterisk right right so um but you know that is where cowboy stands it's, it's almost fitting with the frustrations of this year and this season uh to have that type of stat pop up which i said would uh lead us right into our hot topics for the night uh kyle this week suggested a, a pay cut that he would be willing to take a pay cut Uh, in the NASCAR Cup Series. I think this is the first time uh, in contract negotiations as Kyle Busch basically publicly stated that he is willing to take a little bit less change uh, to stay at Joe Gibbs Racing in the number 18 car. Um, in In an era where we've been used to $25 million contracts, I remember a couple of years ago saying that Jimmy Johnson might not have retired had he not been basically run out of the sport. And I I don't think that y'all ever really grasped what I was saying, but was the fact that Jimmy Johnson being a seven-time champion is the most expensive driver in the sport. He will require the most payment. This guy, you know, is a superstar in the sport. He has a lot of bills to pay. So if he's going to get into a race car, you cannot devalue the driver by devaluing his price tag. Uh, In a a day and age of sports right now where we're seeing massive $40 million, $50 million contracts uh, being given out to certain players, be it NBA, uh, 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 NFL, MLB, we're seeing massive contracts. This is not a – to my opinion, and I want you to get to your guys' opinion. I know it's been long, and and and, and, and I'm I'm kind of going a little bit too long with the explanation of this. But, uh, you know, Kyle, Kyle Busch has decided to take a pay cut. The most valuable driver in NASCAR Cup Series. This is not a good sign for NASCAR as we are basically regressing, right? I mean, that's what this says, that the most popular driver – the most winningest driver in NASCAR, has basically come to a roadblock in his career where he has to take a pay cut in order to race. That is the sign and time, of how healthy or slash unhealthy this sport is at this point in time. Craig, Taz, who wants to go first? Because I, I, I hope that I've singled in where I want this point driven to. Go
2: ahead, Taz. I'll let you go first.
3: So trying to reiterate this one. Ah, shoot.
1: Is it a step back in the sport for Kyle Bush to be forced think- to basically <laughs> publicly admit that he's taking less money? I think Dale Jr. crossed his bridge a few years ago and and was like this is this is not good for
3: the sport to accept less money. I think Kyle Bush knows his worth for him to say that he'll take a pay a pay cut to stay with Gibbs. Kind of says that Kyle Bush at this point knows that Something needs to change if he wants to keep his Joe Gibbs Toyota contract that kind of help benefit not only Toyota, but his truck team too. Because I think without Kyle Busch's truck team, there's not much development out of the Toyota camp in terms of getting up to the Cup Series because you have the Arca, then you have one Toyota team of Hotori racing in the trucks that fields one. I is very most maybe two two trucks I think. And I mean you have free, Helmar Friesen racing, but I mean that's basically Stewie for the most. For and Stewie right now is not ready to move up. And, and I know he has not hinted at trying to move up at all anytime soon. And, um, I think him saying, I think he's really at a giant setback, but we all know where I personally believe wherever Kyle Busch goes, if he stays with Gibson Toyota, that's where his truck team's going to stay. If he goes over to, uh, I think there's been a lot of hints at Stuart Haas as of lately, um, he he's going to move his truck team from Toyota to Ford, and that could benefit Stuart Haas in a way. Yeah, I, I like that
1: point. Uh, before we go to Craig, uh, Miss Lee brought up the fact uh, that Camping World pulling out, uh, and and Marcus has been such a huge supporter of the sport. Um, you know, this is and we're in an economic decline, and that she believes that uh, Kyle Busch is willing to take a pick, but uh because of the cost of racing uh in NASCAR and I and and I rebuttal to that obviously no other team that has offered him a contract has the reliable equipment like Gibbs so there's been offers on the table but in Kyle Busch's mind he doesn't feel like uh he doesn't feel like those that is the uh, type of equipment that he can be relevant in such as Joe Gibbs racing equipment Craig uh I want to I want to get I want to see how you feel about this topic here
2: Well I think I agree with what Taz says. I think that Kyle Busch agreeing to take a pay cut to stay at Joe Gibbs, he obviously wants to finish his career there. I mean, this whole country is getting ready to start a recession if we're not in it already uh, fully. So it does say a lot about the state of NASCAR. If Kyle Busch is pulling out, if he's ready to take a pay cut to stay where he's he wants uh as miss lee said marcus limonis uh the camping world ceo he's he's pulled out of uh nascar and as lee said as you said reiterated that's uh that was huge for for small funded teams Uh, to get that extra $10,000 in sponsorship, $5,000 to $10,000 sponsorship every week, uh, Marcus has given it back to his people that work in his stores. So that says a lot. I think Kyle's willingness to stay there uh, says a lot about his character and where he wants to finish his career. Uh, I think that if he were to leave for SHR, which is probably the top team looking at him or that he spoke to if that's the case then he takes um his truck team out of the toyota camp and puts it in the blue oval camp or possibly the dodge camp in 2024 um you know so that that's something you got to look at as far as kyle bush and Honestly, I mean, I, I know everybody deserves a paycheck, but I honestly think twenty-five million dollars a year is is a is a bit much, considering you know everything going on in the uh, in the world today. These
1: guys <laughs> and these guys that's race for forty weeks a year. And yet there's guys who play a game for 17 weeks out of the year that get paid 50, $60 million. There's, you know, this is the sport where the TV contracts are disputed, distributed first to NASCAR. And then NASCAR turns around after they take a big old chunk out of it and they turn around and distribute it to tracks and teams. And, uh, um, you know the, uh, the the sharing of that money is not uh, necessarily uh, distorted, uh, uh, shared in 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 the right proportions, which is what NASCAR team owners are basically saying that it's going to have to change in the next agreement because they need more money uh, to support these race teams as less and less sponsorship money uh, is coming in. I think. As we stay on point here with Kyle Busch and this not willing to willing to accept less money, I think this is detrimental for guys like Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin and uh, some of the older older drivers. Like, what did Martin Truex agree to drive for? Right, what some peanuts and a Coca Cola? You know, I mean, what Joey Logano? I'm sure his his deal is going to come up soon. What what does that leave him? Right, I mean, this is the generational drivers that come into the sport making millions of dollars. From the word go, well, what is Willie B making? What is uh, what, what, what's what's Tyler Reddick – What's the money on the table for him? What what's Bubba Wallace making? Because obviously Joey Logano and and uh, uh, Kyle Bush and uh, Martin Truex Jr. and Kevin Harvick they they're senior staff, right? So uh, when you start seeing those guys have to take less money, this is this is detrimental detrimental. Uh, to the future racers, as much as it is to the old guys getting the hint that they're not as important as they used to be, and I, you know, I feel like that is a sign that NASCAR is heading in the wrong direction, uh, because because basically, you can't even afford to keep your best drivers in good equipment, and, and I'm not, and I don't believe it started with Kyle Busch. I think this started with Jimmy Johnson. I called this two years ago. I called this two years ago. It wasn't the fact that Jimmy Johnson wanted to retire. It was that he had nowhere to go. Nobody was going to hire him. He cost too damn much. And and now Kyle Busch is, is starting to see that. Martin Truex Jr. He must have great sponsors and drives for Peanuts and Coca Cola, uh, because how he's been willing uh, to resign for you know this this last year. And Kurt Busch, maybe the same thing. Because you would expect these guys to be making. Uh, a whole a whole hell of a lot more than 5 or $6 million a year, especially when you see Ricky Stenhouse Jr. selling a $15 million house this week. I don't know if you guys seen that, but uh, I, I'm willing to go as we close the floor uh, for the first Hot Topic. Uh, you guys have anything else that y'all want to add to that?
2: No, I'm good on that,
1: Chris. All right. So yeah. our next, we'll move forward. Our next subject is, too oval or not too oval? A lot of discussion this week. Oh, I wish it was on the oval track. Oh, it just isn't the same. Uh, Denny Hamlin said, NASCAR, you took a major away from us, which uh, he's in reference to basically like uh, a golf tournament uh, and what a major is. Um, You know, so, uh, too oval or not too oval? Craig, I'll start with you.
2: I say to Oval, we have way too many road courses, in my opinion. Way too many road courses. Go, go back to the tradition. You're kissing the bricks now, but you're not running the true track. You're running the road course. It takes away the mystique, in my opinion. Now, that may not be the opinion of everybody else, and I'm okay with that. Go back to go back to the tradition, and I've said that several times this year, with different races. You know, Labor Day weekend. What used to be on Labor Day weekend, it was Darlington. Not anymore. What yeah, used it is, to man. be, you know, um, but go back to the tradition. Too many, too many road course races. I mean. And that's my thought. Taz, I'm interested to hear what you have to say, buddy.
3: I say go back to the oval. Uh, I want to see how... I want to give the oval a chance with the next-gen cars. I want to see if if there's major improvements in terms of the racing product from the Gen 6 to the next-gen. I mean, we have seen it from... We have seen some some of them. I want I don't want to say all, but at least some of them. Uh, we've seen typical races that are normally like, us, oh, it's kind of boring. They ain't got much. Ain't gonna happen. And here we are. We come on Tuesday. We're like, holy shit, guys! Those are great freaking race, <laughs> something else that went down. Like, I mean, I want to see. I want to see the next. I want to give the next gen a chance on the oval. If we see improvement, I say stick to the oval. If we don't see much improvement at all, then I would say do one year oval, one year road course and alternate back and forth. But I I can understand Craig's point and I'm actually and I'm also on that uh wheel wagon too of running uh, the Brickyard 400 with the Oval, I mean, you go, you're saying, oh, I'm going to watch, or I'm going to a NASCAR race at Indianapolis. And what? And when you say Indianapolis, what are the major races there? The Indy 500 for IndyCar, the Brickyard 400. And when you think the Brickyard 400, you think the Oval. And you're going to say, oh, okay, hey, guys, guess what? I'm going to the Brickyard 400. And you're like, oh, uh, that's a – Oh, you're talking about the oval race, no? And then you're just saying, no, it's a road course, and people are looking at you like, "Excuse me, do you have twenty heads?"
1: Right. I, I, I mean, I'm there with you, Taz. Um. You know, I listened to what Kenny Wallace had to say, and he was basically like, "You want to make, you want to make, uh, Indy great again. You want to make it to where three hundred thousand people show up." Get the hell out of Indy for a little while. Just just go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. Let it build its prestige back up, and then return. Look at what's going on in North Wilkesboro right now. They, they <laughs> that place was dilapidated, falling in a year ago when Dale Jr. went out there with I racing, and and now tonight they're having races there. And and the place has got a lot of people there. Okay, so. You know, anytime you take something away for a little while and you bring it back, I, 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 you see, you kind of see a little bit of fiery difference. I think we've got something. I don't think we go as far as leaving uh, the facility altogether. Uh, let Penske have that race because it is, it, it is an honor to race in the place that was built by Indy. Unfortunately, Indy cars can't come race at Daytona or Talladega, and I'm not really sure if they can race at Charlotte. I guess they could because they raced a few mile and a half speedways. Uh, but but we would have to really talk about kind of toning the cars down if they were to go back to the oval-style racing that IndyCar was really known for uh, in the 90s and 2000s. Uh, and you know, only recently has IndyCar really followed the Formula One concept and turned into road course racing. So, um, but, uh, you know, I believe that being that we've raced a couple of races here on the road course, people want the oval back. We've got a different car. It's a perfect opportunity, but Penske has said next year we are still running with the Indy cars on the schedule, so next year will be uh, a road course race as well. Now, I can kind of get that, right? so They can't just switch the course uh, for overnight. So, they can't run the Indy cars on Saturday on a road course and then run the Cup cars on the Oval the next day. So that kind of gives an insight of why we it could possibly be two years from now uh, before we go back to uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And you know what? Hey, uh, I did hear something about maybe uh, bringing NASCAR to uh, Indianapolis for the Indy 500 that weekend. But Mr. Traditionalist over here, Mr. Craig Moore, I believe you would be fighting hand and nail if they tried to take away your Coca Cola Six Hundred. Oh, Memorial yeah. Day weekend. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. Um, yeah under- but now let me ask it's you. A let me ask you a the- question, Chris.
0: Okay.
2: You said that they can't. They can't run. They're going to run them on the road course next year because they can't get the oval track. They can't get it ready for Saturday for Sunday. Why? Why couldn't they?
1: Uh because that's the weekend of the double header with IndyCar.
2: Okay. But if one is so, run on one day and one is run on the next day, what does it matter?
1: Uh they can't they can't uh change the course overnight. Okay, so Obviously. it's not just putting okay. I think it's yeah, I think obviously that you can't switch back and forth the course. Uh, of course, you would have practice and qualifying. Uh, then you would have to run an Indy road course while you're doing cup cars uh, and possibly Xfinity on the speedway side. So it just, it, it would not work out to have an, and, and as the schedule has already been made for next year and uh, IndyCar is doing a doubleheader with NASCAR again for that weekend.
2: Gotcha. Now I understand. Okay.
1: Yeah, now, so the, and, yeah, yeah, that's something that I learned today as well, Craig Moore. So yeah, I did a little bit of homework on that.
3: Now that that's also partially because of um India not having light, so it's not like they can go overnight and literally try to change it. At least try to make an attempt. That also be the case as well? I believe Indy is getting light. I believe that will be done in
1: 2024. So hold that thought, as Taylor. That, that's, a, that's interesting that you said that because I heard last week that Indy is getting light and it will be there in 2024.
3: So, um, <laughs> you know, Pinsky knows what he's doing. All right, so now – I gotta bring up the question, and I mentioned this earlier um, in the beginning of the show, and I want to get your guys' input on this. Indianapolis as a as a whole, and I'm not just talking the oval road course. And I'm gonna I'm gonna throw an IRP here as well. And I mentioned this earlier. People were saying st- certain series hit IRP, certain series run the road course, certain series run. The, run the Oval, or maybe some series run both um, Indianapolis Motor Speedway and IRP, what what series uh, would you guys prefer at what track? And I'll start it off by saying I personally think um, obviously ARCA is mostly known for their ideal short tracks. So they're going to stay with with IRP for truck series. Leave them at IRP. Don't move them out of there. Xfinity, I would not be opposed to them running IRP, but I personally think that they know how to put on a show on the road course. So I could see that one go. So Xfinity, I could see them go one or the other, and I'd be okay with it. But I would also like them to try maybe both in one year. Not sure how scheduling would work out, but I, that's what I would I would come down to. And for the cup, well, I've already said my input. Give the next gens a chance on the oval, and if it doesn't work, you alternate years for running the oval one year. And the next year, you're running the road course and just alternating.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll do this real quick. I like to go back to the old way. Xfinity didn't make their debut at uh, the Brickyard, I believe, until 2012. Uh, So I would go back to the old style, IRP, all weekend for ARCA truck and Xfinity, and we race the Oval with the Cup cars. Craig?
2: I say screw it, put them all on the big track, and let's see what happens.
1: Oh, wow, put ARCA. Wow, you're putting ARCA on there. (laughs) You know what? Let's see what these guys have. Let's see
2: what they bring to the track. Let's see if they can handle it. The trucks.
1: The trucks. The trucks as well. So you're saying we see what they all look like. Huh?
2: Absolutely. Put them all on the big track.
1: Let's see what they can do. Wow. Now that would be interesting to have a weekend with that many races, and including the IndyCars. cars. So, uh, but I, I don't think they could do the Indy cars. So that, maybe I need to scratch that idea. All right, we're running a little bit behind. So uh, that's that's interesting. I think we all had a different answer there from that, and all of our different answers are going to come into something to play here in a little bit when we uh, do our power rankings. Sure. So over the over the last uh, several days, we we're starting to hear that JJ. Jimmy Johnson, the number 48 seven-time champion and also two-year veteran now in the IndyCar series, uh, has hinted at a possible cup return. Now, they have not said full-time or part-time, just possible Jimmy Johnson return. Um, Has the ship done sales? Are we looking at it maybe a one-and-done? or could we possibly see a Jimmy Johnson-Dale Jr. reunion uh, as Junior Motorsports attempts to make a few uh, Cup entries in the 2023 race season? Starting with you, Craig. All right. I think Jimmy Johnson, I think that
2: ship has sailed for him totally racing every weekend in the Cup Series. I think him racing for JRM in 2023 is a possibility at um, Daytona, Talladega, Charlotte, the big races, but on but on a weekly deal, no way. I think he's I think he's enjoying his IndyCar uh run and I think it would allow him to uh Still race IndyCar, but allow him to help out Junior Motorsports get their feet wet with the big boys and girls. That's my opinion in a nutshell. So that way we don't take up too much time and be on the well, top. Well, I've got stadium. a
1: couple of rebuttals of what you're gonna what you said there, but I kind of want to inch Taz in here real quick before I say that uh, Chip Ganassi's probably tired of Jimmy Johnson wrecking all of his damn cars. Dad, what do you got to
3: say? Well, me being a Jimmy Johnson fan, I would like to see him back in NASCAR, but I'm going to face the reality of it. I do not see him running full-time ever again. So, with that being said, I believe he will probably run a part-time schedule with Junior Motorsports, if that were to be the case. Oh. Oh. Now – Uh, so hold on he he'll run a part-time schedule i would say junior motorsports runs a two-car tandem right the the first one is a full-time entry and we all know it's going to be josh barry whenever junior motorsports gets to that point um and then the second car will be for like a part-time basis And I believe this is where you're going to throw in Jimmy Johnson. Now, the question of how many races Johnson races, that kind of depends on where he's sitting in terms of career and what he is comfortable doing. I have heard a lot of rumblings of him wanting to run the Chicago street course next year. Um, where Where he's going to find a ride for that, I'm not entirely sure.
0: But
3: uh, I mean, you could throw junior motorsports into that picture. But I mean, there's also that track house project 91 in there. Ooh.
1: Yeah, I still think Hendrick owns his ass. If he comes, if he comes back to NASCAR, Hendrick owns his ass. And so he's going to have to be in something, whether it be a Chevrolet or, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't think that he can go too far from Hendrick's ship. I, I want to see how that happens because I think the biggest thing that, that Jimmy Johnson should have done was go to Stuart Haas Racing and not go to IndyCar. Like, he should have taken less money and went to Stuart Haas Racing and just said, look, I'm tired of being under the reign of Hendrick Motorsports, and I want to I want finish my career on my terms instead of being run out of racing. Uh, I believe that Stuart Haas Racing would have made room for him uh, somewhere, yeah. somewhere, somehow just because of the type of leadership that you're getting with the with the Jimmy Johnson type driver. Um, do I think that uh his ship has rolled at uh in IndyCar? Most certainly. I don't know how many how much how much money he's brought to the table, but I know he's probably had about five or six crashes that has probably cost uh Chip Ganassi every every bit of around probably five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten million dollars. Uh so, uh, you know, you keep uh You can't keep funding a guy who's going to run 18th for most of the time. Uh, And he's really not shown much significant improvement. I don't think he would do that well in NASCAR because I honestly think Jimmy Johnson's past his prime. Uh, But I do believe that if you put a team together with junior motorsports as a part-time maybe four or five races next season, uh, it would give Jimmy maybe the chance to run the Indy 500 and the Coca-Cola 600 together. Uh, it would give Jimmy a chance to maybe uh, another run, maybe you know winning a, a Daytona 500 uh, and possibly some of the short track races. Now, what I've seen drivers like David Reagan and uh, what's the guy from uh, um, uh, Las Vegas, uh, Brendan Gone, those guys love to race plate races. Uh but then you've got uh you've got other guys who say, Look, if I if if I come back, you know, like Dale Junior, Dale Jr. would never race another plate race, I don't believe. So, uh whether or not Jimmy Johnson's even up to that, uh, it'd be interesting to see. But definitely if he's going into kind of this all star kick of uh I would like to see an all star team basically. Chad can come down from Hendrick to uh crew chief this guy for a couple of races and just kind of junior motorsports, uh build this little part time you know, all-star race team where some, some guys really come together and kind of help build Junior Motorsports uh, kind of similar to the way Dale Earnhardt did with uh, using resources from RCR and, and his family. Like, Dale Earnhardt comes from a racing family, so he didn't have to go very far to find a fabricator. He didn't have to go very far uh, to find an engine builder, right? He didn't have to go very far. Uh, he'd be, if he he if If he didn't have one in his own family, he was married to somebody who was, right? That's where Robert G and all them come in, right? I mean, y'all know the story of Dale Junior, right? His grandfather built race cars. That's Robert G. Uh, that's his mother's side. So uh, Tony Erie Junior and Tony Senior are actually kin folks on his mother's side, not Dale Earnhardt's side. So um, you know the resources that Junior Motorsports could could uh, pick from. If they were to put together an all-star race team similar to, to something you'd like to see for Jimmy Johnson on a part-time basis, I think that could be great leaps forward uh, for the future of junior motorsports. All right, we are we are running short on time. We've got about eight minutes here. Uh, any, any last thoughts on that topic right there as we go into our final hot topic, which is AJ's last dance or last chance? Um, anything on the on, on the uh, Jimmy Johnson – any, any last final thoughts on that? Going once, going twice? No. Okay. So, uh, Mr. CJ Sports would argue up and down. AJ J., J. uh does not deserve a second chance. I feel like, guys, if we've got seven freaking road courses, okay, should I give my opinion? First, I mean, because when you've got a guy who has been as dominant as he has on road courses and you have cup racing where you have seven, seven, maybe eight road courses on your schedule and one of them being in the chase, do you not, as an as established good race team, do you not put A.J. Allmendinger as a full-time driver on your race team just by chance that you might win a couple of these road course races, which puts you a little bit higher uh, up in the standings for the playoffs and then maybe try to go on this last-minute run to make your way into the championship season, uh, championship final four. Uh, I'll start with Taz, man. Is it AJ's last chance to maybe
3: fulfill a a
1: lifelong dream and be back full time in the Cup Series?
3: I think this is AJ's only shot. The question is when – is not only A.J. going to take the opportunity, but when is Collie going to give him the opportunity to move up and do full-time? It's great to see him part-time in cup, but everyone's wanting him to be full-time, at least for one season. What can he do in one season? Literally, what yeah. can he do in one season? If I would say for A.J., take that one-season opportunity, and who knows what could happen for that. If he sees success out of that one season, I would say do a re- end of your career at the highest level of racing, which is do the Cup Series. If right. the one year does not go over well, then you can say, I want to run the Xfinity and call it quits when I say it's, when I say it's time to.
1: or I'm track house racing I'm on the phone right now wondering what I got to do to get AJ Allmendinger on my team for next year because obviously he is the most talented road course racer in NASCAR we, we want to crown Chase Elliott like he's the, he's the best road course racer now we want to crown Tyler Reddick if I'm RCR and I know what AJ Almendinger is capable of a road courses, and I've got a driver who just knocked off two road course wins back to back. Like, what better way to fill the seat, right, than to go grab AJ Almendinger and put him in that one? Because at least then, at these tracks that you're good at, you're going to be just as good at, right? Tyler Reddick may be the overall better driver because he can drive in these, you know, at these other tracks like Bristol and stuff, probably a little bit better than AJ has or has shown the capabilities of. But at the same time, you're not losing your your place in competition at a place like the road course races where you you you've obviously been pretty successful at this year. And I just wanted to be known. Trackhouse two wins at the road course racing, right? Uh, Richard Childress two wins two wins at the road course races, right? There's really is there much difference between a Richard Childress race car and a Trackhouse race car? I don't know, but obviously uh, they found something that Hendrick doesn't have right now.
3: Craig, please. Did we lose Craig? Oh. Did we lose him? Oh, no. I don't know. Uh, I know he had... uh, I know he ran into the BTR glitch. Let's see. Anyway, but I think I I see what you're, I see Miss Lee's point, which is um, he's loyal to colleague. And does AJ really want to leave colleague? But I think where I'm picking you up in this sense, Chris, is that AJ's going to stick with colleague no matter what, regardless if he's Xfinity or Cup. But the but where I think you're going with this, Chris, is that can the other teams try to buy him out of colleague? Will they, offer, I I will they offer AJ enough to say we have this over at our team versus this is what you're dealing with over at Colleague? I mean, A.J's going to do AJ regardless of what happens, but I think I know where you're going with this versus where Miss Lee is, is that can other AJ enough? And I don't mean money-wise. I mean, like, in terms of uh, other things, too. Like, it could be the race team itself. It could be the equipment under the hood. It could be any any variable, pretty much. Can these other teams try to buy him out of college? Can they offer him things that colleague may not be able to offer him? Like what, Ted? It, like I said, it could be a paycheck deal. It could be some major huge sponsorship deal that he was never getting with calling. It could be um, maybe some special bonus out of this. It could It could also be, hey, we have we have the capabilities of improving our equipment and our race team and you this may and with you aj can now when you are ready to finish your racing career we may offer you a spot on the team in terms of like being like the com- the competition director or something like that to help boost our team in a way so like that's that's i think this is where where it can boil down to but again it could come down to any variables of can these teams offer something that call it cannot for AJ and I believe I'm on the boat with Miss Lee in the sense that he's going to be loyal to calling no matter what but I see Chris's point into this I got a
2: serious question
0: how As, it works. <laughs>
2: has AJ said anything about possibly I know this is speculation on our part but has AJ said anything about wanting a solid
1: cup deal on a full-time basis? My gosh, you think about it, Craig. I mean, the guy got fired three months into, a, into his biggest deal in racing. He finally made it. Though he started out with Red Bull, it, it, it he wasn't very successful. He went over to Richard Petty Motorsports at a time where Richard Petty was as less relevant as they are now. Uh, then he finally gets a good deal and, and goes to Penske. He gets fired three months later. And then next thing you know, he's riding around in JTG equipment. Uh, if a, if and, and now, you know, he's got a, re, a reinvention, a rebirth of his career with colleague Racing, and I'm sure that, that that means a lot to him. But if you've got a team like Richard Childress or Stuart Haas or, or um, uh, what was the other one I said? Uh, um damn, what was the other team that, that I felt like could offer him a deal? Look, I mean, these guys are uh, obviously uh, can offer more than what Colleague Grayson can offer, right? So, you know, this is this is his only chance, I believe his last chance, to maybe fulfill a, a, a cup career that uh, was stolen from him because of a bad decision, one bad decision one night. And, I, you know, I wouldn't see this guy get, that second chance and I think he's earned it and I think that if I'm if, if I'm Richard Childress or I, I'm uh, uh Stuart Haas racing or I'm uh one of these other track house racing I think I'm going out there and I'm going to offer this guy something to come race for me because I know that he's going to give me seven races out of the year where there's probably not a better first better driver on the racetrack so this is in my belief AJ's last chance to get a cup ride that is a significant ride that could – I don't believe if Kelly Grayson is championship material or will be in the next five years, honestly. Um, they didn't start out like Track House. <laughs> you know, Track House would show, hey, we could be competitive from the door. What's Callie Grayson missing, right? I don't know. Maybe, I'm just, maybe it's to the point of the show where I'm being argumentative. I don't know. Uh, but uh, no, that was I a,
0: maybe
2: if they put him in that third car at, at track house and give yeah. him competitive equipment, if that's what he really wants to do, and by God,
1: do it! Yeah, track house you is know, an I interesting think- One right, right, Craig. That's an interesting. That's an interesting one because you've got Ross Chastain, you've got you've got Daniel Suarez. And then you add AJ Allmendinger. That's that's almost the feeling of a powerhouse team right now. I mean, it, do, it really does. They're like, what's holding them back from being a powerhouse team? And we'll see that in power rankings. Is is the fact that they're only a two car operation? They need that third car to really fulfill the powerhouse that they have to compete with when they're dealing with a Hendrick or Gibbs or a Penske. Oh. I, I may have just given away my top five power rankings there. I don't know. So we're going into power rankings. Man, we are three minutes off schedule. I think we're doing amazing. Uh I would like for somebody else to kind of hold the hold the baton while we go over power rankings and I I'll just kind of fill in where I feel like we need to uh All right. I got you there. Yeah. All right. That was my point. All Does AJ really won't cut status. I mean, who doesn't? But he's been around for a while. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, Miss Lee. He may not even want, want uh, that opportunity. Uh, but, yeah, let's go into power rankings. We'll start, I believe, at the bottom of the barrel, and uh, we'll work yeah, our way we'll to do, the
3: top. Yeah, We'll do our top ten for the power rankings. Um, obviously, the ones that were on the bottom of the barrel, um, Live Fast Motorsports, which is BJ McLeod's team, fire Motorsports, Front Row Motorsports, Uh, JTG, Doherty, and there's one team I did not mention in the bottom of the barrel, and I'm going to mention them on the top because I am trying to figure out how in the freaking world, Craig, are you okay, buddy? Did SpongeBob really affect you that much? Because you put Rick Ware Racing as number nine on your list. Holy Christmas! (laughs)
1: Front Row Motorsports is well above uh...
0: Rick Ware Racing.
3: <laughs> wow! I couldn't believe when I saw that. I was like, "Dang, SpongeBob really listened." Listen, listen,
2: him. Uh, listen. I've watched so much freaking SpongeBob SquarePants that 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 show is really an adult themed show.
1: Yeah, it is. They say they even say <laughs> cuss words.
2: Yeah. That's how it had my attention. So yeah, I was um SpongeBob Overload. Yeah. yeah. All there's,
3: there's right. so, that's our bottom, so that's kind of our bottom of the barrel teams. We do have a tie, however, amongst the ten spot. And that is between Polig Racing and Wood Brothers Racing. Um, Wood Brothers didn't even make my top ten. Call I kind of base my power rankings off of what I've been seeing on the NASCAR, uh, power rankings. I know they do drivers, but I kind of saw like what, where they've been sitting, um, in terms of team wise to kind of help do where I would put them. Um, I know you guys have your own different deal, which is perfectly, perfectly fine. And this is how we get our average ideal power ranking. So anyway, number 10, is a tie between Wood Brothers and Colleague. Uh, You guys put Wood Brothers at 10. I put them way lower on the scale. And Craig and I put Colleague at around the 10-11 spot. Uh, Chris, I'm assuming is probably have them knocking on the door. Uh, Any thoughts of that one before we move up to number nine?
1: No, no, that that sounds right. I, I think Front Row Motorsports is the one kind of knocking on the door there with Wood Brothers. But you have to understand that Wood Brothers is a Penske-made uh, car. And uh, so, you know, uh, Harrison Burton, I think the first half of the season, you throw it away. Second half of the season, he's already made significant improvements. So I, I, I like the direction uh, that Wood Brothers is headed in. And Colleague Grayson, I don't know. They they they've not really impressed me too much, but hey, that's just a difference of opinion.
3: I think their part time driver cars doing better than the full time driver car.
1: <laughs> well, I've never really had much faith in Haley anyway. <laughs> yep. So
3: you've you've got uh, all
1: these combined together. That's uh that's great. It, What's yes
3: number sir. nine? Number nine is Petty GMS uh Motorsports uh, Chris and I put them In the exact spot of number Eight and I think this is Where Spongebob affected Craig Because Craig put them in number 14 I think he's looking at the Ty Dillon Part and not the Eric Jones part
1: <laughs> Right yeah Eric
3: Jones has been
1: around uh, A few races I wish that they could have put together the quality Finishes that we've seen uh, Eric Jones have Like the runs that he's had Unfortunately, those runs haven't equaled into finishes. That's where you have to draw the line. That's why he's so far down the list. But competitive-wise, week in week out, uh, Eric Jones is in a, he's, he's in a very he's very competitive, and he's in the top ten racing these guys. They, it's not like when he's up there, they don't know who they don't know who he is. So uh, Eric Jones and uh, the Petty GMS team definitely the uh, the number one driver there at that stable.
3: Yeah, Eric Jones is uh, definitely competitive. I just think Ty Dillon's dragging him down. And speaking of Eric Jones with Petty GMs, he signed up for an extension for at least next year.
0: Yes, he did. So
3: we know Very, uh, we know we know Thumb Man Jones will be staying for at least another year.
1: Yeah, um, it's call me by surprise, but uh, definitely I think you know. Hey, that means everything feels good at at uh, at, the, at this uh, shop, and that, that's good for Eric Jones. I believe he can catapult the team to something to some relevance very soon. Uh, Craig, no, sorry, uh, I, I had you. my phone muted. Um,
2: no, I think Eric Jones is very good, but as I said in my comments in the thread, Ty Dillon is a waste of good air as far as in a race car.
3: He um, gone. He gone. He
2: should be out of there. He,
3: he gone. There. He and, he, and, yeah, after after this year, he's out. He, he gone.
1: Yeah, well, he's. Just, he should have been going anyway.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, he gone. Num- number eight. Number eight, we all three of us pretty much have them in this spot. Uh, Craig had them in this exact spot. Chris and I had them one spot lower, but that is going to be uh, RFK Racing, uh, Roush, and Keselowski. Um, ideally, compared to some of these other teams, this is kind of where they fit. Brad Keselowski starting to step up a notch in the last few races uh, despite the early season struggles. I don't know if it's because of him adjusting to his,
0: uh, his role with the team maybe.
3: and his penalty that hurt him as well early in the season. Uh, Chris Busher I think is starting to just hit a string of bad luck, but but where he's sitting, he's at yeah, least he's consistent. He's... But I, like I said, i Start, I'm starting to see Brad perform a little better in the last few races, okay. and that's, a, that's about as far as I can say, really. Yeah, I
1: mean, you know, that team's found a little bit of consistency. Um, uh, Chris Busher had a second coming off a second-place finish a few weekends, a few weeks ago, I believe at uh, Sonoma Road Course. Uh, so, you know, I mean, things are – Things are moving along. Uh, we didn't think that BK could get it turned around all in one year, but we did want to see some uh, some competitive uh, finishes. We did. He did spin out and get caught up in a wreck uh, at uh, at Indy at the Indy Road Course, but also uh, so did uh, Chris Buescher. He got caught early, I believe, got hit by Bubba Wallace and uh, caught his car on fire, and then still wound up with a top ten finish at the end of the race. So I, I don't know if at times Chris Buscher hasn't actually outperformed uh, Brad Keselowski, but being the owner that Brad Keselowski is and being the person that he is, I almost wonder if they're not doing that on purpose. If, if you know Brad Keselowski isn't committed to giving Buscher uh, the best of everything a- anyway. As an owner, I feel like that's probably uh, what what uh, uh, Brad Kesel- Keselowski says. Look. I'm going to race this, but I want to make sure Busher has that because in the end, it is the future of BK or of RFK Racing being that uh, you know Keselowski is an owner now, not necessarily uh, uh, just a driver. So um, that's Craig. Uh, yeah, Craig. Yeah, I think I think Keselowski
2: as an owner is doing what he needs to do. He needs to make sure that his driver has the best of the equipment because he's only going to drive it for a year or two and then he's going to turn it over to somebody else i would hope right right, um, right. who knows who knows it,
1: it could be a kyle bush oh, no i'm That's just something. kidding i mean that would be I'm amazing kidding. though that you know kyle bush got his career started at, at rouse racing but I, I just don't see that reunion happening uh no, number Number seven
3: pass seven. Number seven is twenty three eleven racing of Kurt Busch and Bubba Wallace. Uh, Craig and I had them at this spot. Chris had them one spot higher. Uh, so I think we all had the same thinking process of them being right here where they rightfully belong. Bubba Wallace starting to put together some solid finishes very decent lately. Cases. Yeah, um, very decent. Kurt Busch. Kurt Bush, I mean, despite his injury is coming through and through more um for the team as well. So, I think to, I think as a whole for the team, they're starting to find find the, uh a good rhythm. Well, here's what I I'm think not,
0: about
3: Here's what I think about 2311.
2: I think that um Kurt Bush is done. I think this injury is a Dale Earnhardt Jr. style injury. And it's going to put him on the shelf. It's going to open the door for Ty Gibbs um, until something happens with the 18 of Kyle Busch, um, because he's been in that car. He's been in that car two weeks now, and he's had solid top 20 finishes, and oh, yeah. that's damn good for somebody that's never been in a cup car in a in a cup car before. Granted, now they have the use of simulators and and things like that. So right. You know, I think that I think we're I think you're going to see a resurgence. You're going to see a, a better and Bubba's running better, too. I mean, he had a top five finishes we got. Kudos oh, to yeah. Bubba at a road course. I mean, we all bust
1: on him, but kudos to Bubba. Right. So it, Ty gives us an interesting question mark. Uh, is the team stronger with Kurt Busch? Most definitely uh because of the leadership value that he has and whatnot. I think that you're on to something, Craig. If he was gonna be cleared uh for this weekend, I think we would already heard that he's clear for this weekend. Uh so uh, obviously that clearance has not come yet and when there's no when we haven't heard anything, uh then you can kinda of speculate the other half that Ty Gibbs will once again uh be in that car again this weekend in Michigan. Well Michigan is a little bit different racetrack uh than Andy Roble, uh, but, but also you look over at, uh, at, at Pocono and, you know, something else that I took from the DBC show was that they asked Todd, Denny Hamlin was on there and he said, uh, so, uh, Todd, do you know, when they, when they put him in the car at Pocono, they said, okay, so you kind of know what to do here, right? And Todd was like, yeah, go out there and drive the hell out of it. And they were like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, like, that's not what you need to do. You need to kind of take your time, take your steps, take some baby steps, and uh, learn the car. Well, there's an interesting factor to that, that, you know, these guys are all kind of learning this car this year any damn way, right? So, Ty Gibbs is not really losing much on uh, finding out how this car drives because, they, you know, the, everybody's having to learn how to drive this car. Uh, so, how, knowing that Ty Gibbs is uh, talented as he is, I'm not seeing much of a fall-off with the 23-11 team, even if Ty Gibbs is a long-term replacement for Kurt Busch as the season progresses. Uh, I think that that further kind of takes – if Kurt starts losing too many more races, we have to wonder if he will still be able to qualify for that 30th position or above uh, to make it into the chase. That will be something that we have to kind of watch now is if he, he can lose enough ground to completely fall out of the top 30. And if that happens, then that's an open door for one of these other drivers uh, to get in. So, uh, but uh, Ty Gibbs is a definite question mark. Uh, Taz Taylor, what do you think?
3: Yeah, there. He, if Kyle Busch stays with Gibbs, uh, I'm still, I'm still hoping right. if Kurt if Kurt gets well soon enough to that he can uh, race for at least another year. I'm still riding the coattails of Kurt Busch stays in the 45 for another year. Keep the seat warm for Redick when Reddick comes into play and Kurt Busch retires next year. I'm still riding that coattail, but if things are looking the way that they are now, we could be seeing Kurt Busch outside Gibbs in. That's going to be the question mark of where does Redick fit into the team? Is there going to be a third car or are we kind of switching things around over a Toyota camp after next year?
1: Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. It, you know, wow. I didn't even think about Jim, Jimmy Johnson going to the uh, to the eight cars, possibly to the Toyota car. But uh, we'll just leave that
3: for another show. Uh, that's 2311 at number seven. Number six. Stuart Haas racing at number six. I had them uh, at this exact overall. spot. Chris had them one spot lower. And yeah. Craig is still riding the high tail of hoping to God Stuart Haas gets one out of their hat because he ranked them at number one. <laughs> I think
1: he meant Hendrick. I really do because he didn't have Hendrick at all of that. <laughs> Craig, are you
3: nah, he, with he, him? He, he he inserted Hendrick where he wanted him after I caught that mistake, but he's got Stuart hey, at man. number one. But number six is, oh, where, they six sit. is where they six. Craig, Craig.
2: Listen, I'm telling you, I was on SpongeBob Overload
0: <laughs> and
2: paying attention to a four-year-old who commanded my attention. So, yeah, some of my, uh, some of my picks are, maybe you know what it is, what it is, and I didn't get a chance to talk about this tonight, but I'll maybe I'll do a write-up on it tomorrow morning. I might have had too much of that three uh chai snacks that Ty Dillon's been sporting. Or not Ty Dillon, Tyler Reddick. So, um I am yeah, we'll blame it on we'll blame it on SpongeBob and three G or however you say it.
3: <laughs> um, no, I feel like this is a good spot for them. Uh when I looked at the latest power rankings that Nascar posted um, I believe they they had three of the four drivers in the top twenty because they only ranked twenty drivers um but i Stuart Haas they had three in the top twenty and these three were not even in the top ten. I'll put it that way um, and the one driver that wasn't there, I believe was Cole Custer if I remember right uh, I think it was almarola um the lowest driver that was ranked and Harvick was knocking on the door for top 10, but not quite. But I think that, to me personally, I think this is a good ideal spot for them.
1: Yeah, I think they're overrated. I really do. Um, but I mean, it's overrated. as it, They really are right where they belong. Uh, I I feel hurt and disappointed because this is my favorite race team and they are not performing at the uh, level that I feel like they're capable of. Uh, I'm not sure why Kevin Harvick has fallen off like he has. The progression of Chase Briscoe, I thought we were moving in the right direction. Now it's like we're stagnant again. Eric Amarola's is in his bye-bye retirement season, so we don't expect much from him anyway, and Cole Custer is well, he's about as useless as a bowl of custards, so um, I'm, I'm really not I'm just not impressed, and I feel like we're overrated, and we're over Um and it's just been one of those messed up years Gene Haas, you need to get your ass out of Formula One, Tony Stewart get your ass out of NHRA y'all get y'all's asses back at the dang shop and let's get SHR moving in the right direction, or sell. You got four charters, and there's plenty of people who are charter hungry. So look, man. Either get this team back to the top level that it needs to be. Stuart, get your name off of it, okay? Because you're you, you, obviously you're 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 driven to be a champion at whatever you do. So please, if you're not going to put forth that effort in your Cup team. Please take your name off of it because I'm not seeing you know, I I'm, I'm not seeing the the greatness that I've seen once from this company anymore and it's and it's aggravating it's, it's disappointing
2: Here's my thought and I agree with you Chris and I know we're running short on time um but I agree with you Gene Haas is too busy with his other endeavors Tony Stewart is too busy with the senior racing experience and his wife's career in in straight line racing And if he can't dedicate the time to his cup team, then he needs, I agree with you, he needs to sell it off, and there's plenty of people out there like Junior Motorsports that would love to buy a charter.
1: Yeah, quit wasting our time. Tony Stewart. Jesus Christ. Number
3: five. Number five. That is going to be Richard Childress Racing. Uh, Chris and I had him at this spot. Craig had him at number three. Uh, And so this is – I think this is a comfortable spot for them. Tyler Reddick off two wins finally, winning in the right direction. Austin Dillon has had peaks of success and peaks of – I don't want to say failure, but not so much great performances. So I think right now RCR is just riding on the coattails of Tyler Reddick's uh, two-win success now. And Austin Dillon is – not entirely there. That's my thought.
1: It's funny that we agree at number five, but in a way, you kind of just don't know who's stronger. Who is the stronger <laughs> outfit down the run? Is it going to be RCR or is it going to be Trackhouse? And you, you've seen the type of finishes Ross Chastain has had, and you see the types of finishes Tyler Reddick has had, and it's kind of a toss-up, a flip of the coin of who is the better organization. Is it Trackhouse? or is it Richard Childress? I think momentum has been put to the track house race team uh, just based off of individual success of Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez. When at RCR, you basically have just Tyler Reddick. And I, no plan no against Austin Dillon. He's a great actor. He's got an awesome little uh, reality TV show uh, where he his wife's, calls the child off on his best friend, and, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's so awesome and great, and uh, just to live in the life of a NASCAR driver, especially a very popular and great NASCAR driver such as Austin Dillon, I mean, it's almost like racing, racing is just a part-time gig for Austin now, so, you know, I mean, it's, it's all about being a movie star. Any final
3: Craig. thoughts before we go on before? Yeah, he's,
2: he's racing with Pappy's money, so it's not a big deal. He he don't really care. It's not he don't have anything invested in it.
3: <laughs> Number 4. <laughs> Number 4. Uh Chris had him at this exact spot. I had him one spot higher, Craig one spot lower. That's going to be the two-car tandem of trackhouse racing with Suarez and Chastain. Um, I think they've, they've been uh, the team that we didn't expect to be up here when the season started. Um, They've had early season success through, um, through Ross Chastain, uh, Suarez. uh, I think since his win has finally boosted uh, more confidence into himself. And I think now they've, They've kind of been the team that obviously you don't sleep on, but I wouldn't put them as the number one team exactly just yet. You can make the argument for it, but I, I wouldn't put them as number one exactly just yet. They're getting there. They are getting there. They're making the right paths or right steps into this path.
1: As I said before, trackouts, if you want to be in the top three or you want to be the top, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to get that third charter. You're going to have to have that third team. In order to be respected as a true powerhouse in NASCAR, you have to have at least three teams. Go out and get you an A.J. Allmendinger, sign you a Kyle Busch, splash the Waters Trackhouse, keep doing what you're doing. You have made people's mouths drop all year long with the success and strides that you have made as a race team. Don't quit now. Justin Marks, go out there, do something big. We want to see it. We want to see Trackhouse become a powerhouse race team, we've questioned it. Craig already called it this year. Trackhouse is a powerhouse, but I think they need one more car before that could be that could be fulfilled. Craig Moore well,
2: let me just say this: Ross's recent actions is the reason why I have dropped them down, where I believe I had him in number one or in the top two at least last month or two months ago when we did this, uh, his actions and his um, the way that he does things is the reason why I dropped them, and I agree that they're where they're at. All
3: right. All right. So that's track Go number four. We're, we're going to nail on the top three to scroll right. things out.
1: Right at number,
3: and it's obvious. It's obvious who
1: the top three teams are, right? Teams are, right? Though we've seen a lot of slack in the Fords. I, I kind of, I kind of can predict here that that you're going to say, Kaz Taylor, Penske's at number three, right? We've seen a significant drop off in Ford performance, but you you can't count out a powerhouse, right? We're still waiting on Ryan Blaney to win, but we kind of figure it's going to happen. Just don't know if it's going to be before the Chase or after. the or once the chase starts, Ryan Blaney's still going to get him a win. He's with the powerhouse team. Joey Logano's got him a couple wins. Austin Kendrick has a win. He was
3: knocking on the door at Indy for a second win. Well, Chris, yes, I'm going to put you on pause because that number three is not exactly who you think it is. Number, <laughs> oh my three, God. So here we go. Top three. At number three, it's the Toyota camp of Joe Gibbs Racing. That,
0: that is and, the hottest race team in the
1: No way. There's no way. No way. No way. And hold on, this.
3: hold on. You're going. You're. You're gonna. You're. You're gonna hear me out on this one. So we have a brand new number one ranked team because Hendrick Motorsports. We've had them number one ranked the entire season awesome. up until this point. Hendrick Motorsports is ranked number two. Penske at number. One and, you, and before we get into final explanations for this, I had Gibbs at one, Penske two, Hendrick four. Chris, you had Hendrick one, Gibbs two, Penske three. Craig had Penske two, Hendrick four, Gibbs number six. And wow. so I, I put Gibbs at number one, only because of the fact, that, like Chris said, they're they're starting to come into fruition. Have they had some bumps in the road along the way? Of course. We just mentioned Kyle Busch earlier. Um, we meant there was one race where they were uh, t- the highest finishing Toyota. In one race was I think like seventeenth or something like that. Um, but they're starting to come in. Hamlin's got multiple wins. Uh, would have had win number three, but got DQ'd for it. Um, Kyle Busch would have been second at Pocono behind him. DQ'd for that, unfortunately. Uh, Truex is still knocking on the door for the win. Christopher Bell's starting to come come into some light here lately. Um, trying to think what else. Hendrick has been a little quiet uh, and when I went through the driver power rankings, they had Larson at number five and Chase Elliott ranked at number one. We can, I mean, we know why, but yeah, the guys finished. it's just been, it's been quiet between, quiet between Bowman and Byron. And for the Penske, um, obviously Ryan Blaney, the highest point driver without a win. Um, I might be wrong in that sense. Cause I think Trucks might've surpassed him. I don't remember exactly, but, um, has got his win or two to back him up. And uh, Sendrick, obviously, his win. But that's kind of where I'm at with the top three. Yeah, I, I was definitely
1: seeing the organization at Joe Gibbs being number one uh, just because overall, because of the run that they've been on. I know you got to calculate the fact that they got uh, thrown out at Pocono the top two cars, but those are still significant. Like they did win the race, really, and and Chase Elliott wouldn't have had this string of top one two finishes had he not been given a win at Pocono. Obviously, that streak come to an end at a road course race this past weekend, ending because of a late uh, race pile up. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I think I think SpongeBob really had a huge effect on his power rankings, and uh, seeing Pence get number one right now just uh you know, overall, I believe organizational-wise, Joe Gibbs has made significant strides and leaps is where he started at the beginning of this year. I think we had him as low as maybe five or six at the beginning of the year. So Joe Gibbs, I felt like it finally stretched it out and put themselves at number one by a whole. Of course, I think Hendrick, I wasn't going to budge from there because obviously Chase Elliott seems to be the hottest driver in NASCAR right now, uh, whether or not the performance from the rest of the team. Uh, is a and, car, I'm not really sure, but uh, I don't know. I do want to point out. I do, to
3: point out I do want we to point mean. out quick. I do want to point out and I don't mean to interrupt you, Chris. Joe Gibbs Racing was the only team to have all their drivers in the top ten ranking this past week on NASCAR.
1: Say there you go, there you go. So I mean, there, there you go. Uh, we missed it in this power rankings, but that's fine. We're still two minutes overdue. Uh, let's get into Black Flag, Checker Flag. Uh, let's do this segment as quick as we can now that all of us are shocked that Penske has somehow ranked number one in our power rankings. Uh, Craig Moore, you want to start out with Black Flag, Checker Flag?
2: Yeah, Black Flag real quick, and I'll I'll hit on it here. NASCAR did away with cigarette advertising oh, probably 18 years ago, but they let a cannabis company advertise. I just don't see it. Um, but that's my (laughs) own smoking. Well, yeah, no, and I get it. But, um, yeah, once I did some research on it, I was a little shocked, but, um, black flag, really get, get rid of the road courses, get rid of, Oh, that was a nice lightning strike. Um, get rid of the road courses, the Indy road course, bring back your Robles for God's sake, give us something on tradition and NASCAR and, uh, NASCAR for being consistent on the rules. Uh, Checker flag, Tyler Reddick, pulling off his second win. Uh, Congratulations to him, even though he's out the door at RCR. Uh, Way to go, young man, and you deserve it.
3: Checker flag going to be Tyler Reddick solidifying his playoff spot uh, with his second win of the season. Checker flag also goes out to... NASCAR for putting IRP back in the schedule. I don't care which series gets it, but at least they put it back on the schedule where it belongs and Black Flag is going to go to uh, NASCAR with not giving the next gen a shot at the Indy Road, at the uh, Indianapolis Oval. I will keep on giving them the Black Flag until they give the next gen a shot. Let them, give them a rightful chance. Everyone else has done it. Why can't they? Uh, My ticker flag is
1: going to go to Denny Hamlin, man.
3: For for being able
1: to go through all that he's been through the last couple weeks, Hamlin has spent most of his career as a quiet guy, uh, not really too much said. That's really kind of changed over the last couple years, and it has changed by leaps and bounds over the last two years now that he's been uh, dabbed up as a car owner, um, for coming on DBC and, uh, just basically willing to, uh, be an open book. Uh, that's a checkered flag because I think so many times these guys, this generation of drivers has been vanilla and we haven't really gotten to know it. And, and, and you know, maybe, maybe, you know, the whole, uh, it gets you track racing and all that. Maybe that's, and maybe this controversy and his public, you know, relationship with his, with his girlfriend and all this Maybe this has all kind of created the Denny Hamlin that we're seeing today. But checkered flag to him uh, for just not being scared to come out and, and talk about things. I, I, I think that he can, uh, you know, he, he's Deshaun Watson probably should take a few tips from how uh, Denny Hamlin has been able to handle a little bit of public criticism. So uh, checkered flag to him. Uh, he's becoming a likable guy uh, on, on my behalf. And I did realize that I do drive a Toyota Camry, so I, I can't really hate too much on uh toyota guys uh because uh, i am a camry driver so i i kind of need to i, I kind of need to pull for what i drive right uh but um a black flag i, I was with you taz on the whole uh nascar racing on the indie road course um i i guess black flag uh the nascar for not making the penny series more available i, I don't know that just seems like uh a good one for me uh, because I found I found that that series is kind of interesting and uh, I like the way the race cars race each other. So, uh, black flag for not uh, for NASCAR not making it more available.
2: All right, Miss Miss Lee's black fl- or checkered flag is Tyler Reddick's son running up to him after the wind. I don't know what her black flag is uh, is yet, but she said Chris Pinkey's is on Flow, so um, check it out on Flow. Yeah, she hasn't given us
1: her Flow rating. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, let's get into. I believe it'll be picks, and we'll do Monday's headlines for today as we get ready to go. We're we're going to Michigan, Michigan International Speedway. That's right.
3: Xfinity, Arca, and Cup. So we only have two picks, really. It is All my right. first pick again. Chris, uh, we'll we'll do our usual. Chris, me, uh, Miss Lee, and Craig. Uh, I'm not sure if we have Jason's picks yet. Um, if we do, we'll name yeah, them as there. we go. I will uh, they worked. We'll uh,
1: my pick. So, uh, my Xfinity pick, I think most of you know, I'm not going to far too far off from Junior Motorsports, obviously. Why would I? Uh, they've been uh, the top race team of that series. Uh, you know, it, it is kind of weird to see Joe Gibbs where they are uh, because you expect two or three drivers to to be fast over at Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, but you really haven't seen that. I, I'm not sure if the 17 car is going to be. Uh, race this week uh, in, in Xfinity, but I, I believe that will be a Cup driver anyway. I, I'm going to have to go with Josh Berry. I mean, for real. Like I think this guy is a true threat for a championship. It's a toss-up between him and Noah Gregson. Sam Mayer, like you might get to see Sam Mayer in victory lane finally. I believe whoever wins it will be a Junior Motorsports car. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with my guy Josh Berry uh, for the Michigan Xfinity race. On the cup side, you know, this is where I expect Ford to show up. I picked Ford the last three weekends, and I've gotten burned, so I'm going Toyota. <laughs> I'm going to put my pick with Kyle Bush, man. Kyle Bush.
3: You're going Kyle Bush. All right. Well, my pick. On the Xfinity side, I'm on Chris's boat with Junior Motorsports driver, but I'm not going with Josh Berry. I'm and normally lately I've been swinging the Justin All, the Gator, uh, Justin Allgaier for my picks lately. But I'm gonna go. I'm going on the aggressive side. I'm going Noah Gregson for this one mm-hmm. on the Cup side. Um, I looked at three drivers in particular. Uh, I looked at Larson, looked at Elliott and looked at Logano. Obviously Larson and Logano have won there multiple times before, have have great su- success at this track. Uh, Chase Elliott is one driver that I'm sure when I mention this stat, y'all are going to probably consider this. Um, I know Jason has him for this pick, but Chase Elliott in 11 starts has 10 top 10 finishes. If I if I remembered that stat right. And I believe out of those top ten, I think he finished the top five three or four times. So he's knocking on the door there. So, um but I'm going on the swing of my pick and that will be of exactly who I just mentioned. That means I'm going with the success of Kyle cr- Larson. I believe Kyle Larson will get his second win of the season here. Like I said, he's had multiple wins. He's got multiple wins at this track. Uh, he, he can't argue. Can't argue. Um, I don't think uh, we've seen the last of Kyle Larson. I believe we're going to start maybe start seeing uh, him have a small little hot streak. Not as much as of a hot streak as last year, but at least something to – get him going and building up for the playoffs and try to defend the championship. All right. Jason's picks for Ty Gibbs and the Xfinity and he said Chase Elliott, as I mentioned earlier, for the Cup side. Miss Lee says Logano on the Cup and Ty Gibbs on the Xfinity side. Which leads to our DJ man Craig Moore to make a pick.
2: All right, my Xfinity pick. I'm going to side with you, Taz. I was thinking Gregson before you said it, so I'm going to, I'm going uh, gonna... to stick with Gregson. My Cup pick. I said in the chat it's going to shock y'all, and, and it's going to. Um, I'm going to go with. Someone who needs a win this year in order to turn around his season. We just talked about him in the last segment. I'm none other. No. Well, none other. None other than one of the owners of RFK Racing, Brad Keselowski. Whoa. home track.
0: Whoa, whoa.
2: Home track wow. win. Yeah, I, I I think that he needs it. I mean it's not gonna it's not gonna help him a whole hell of a lot. I mean he's still got a hell of a difference to make up from that penalty earlier in the year.
3: Not and, gonna lock uh, in the playoffs, unfortunately.
2: No, it's not. Wow. Uh, but I think between kislowski uh Truex and Harvick, um, those are the three that need to win in order to, I mean, it's not going to lock Keselowski in the playoffs, but it's sure as hell going to shake up the last three uh, available spots in the playoffs. So uh, Keselowski is my pick for the uh, for the win yeah, this weekend yeah, I in think the it Cup
0: Series.
2: I think it would lock I him in. Know, All I right, don't mind. know if it would be enough to overcome his penalty. <laughs> I I don't put, know for it could propel
3: just... him in points, but. It could propel him in points, but it's not going to give himself a playoff spot. And with you, oh, Craig, you just opened up a new can of worms, and we don't even have time to really relish on it.
1: Dang. Yep, yep. Monday's headlines today, I don't know why, but I think rain, rain, rain.
3: You're thinking rain, rain, rain. Okay.
1: Yeah. I don't know why. One Monday's headline. Michigan. Monday's yep. headline today. Go
3: away. All right, hey, I hey, think hey, we get a I think line today for me, Kozlowski gets a win. Doubleheader thriller.
1: All right. Race fans, this concludes another episode of Race Chat Live. You can find us on I Heart Radio, Google Podcast, Cast, all of your top shelf podcast uh providers.
3: I'm gonna send it to you, Taz. All right, we'll see you, folks, next Tuesday night here on Race Chat Live. This is Ben, the Coggers Flag Radio, Racing Radio, Chris Creighton, DJ Music Man, Craig Moore. I'm the Tasmanian Double Flaggers, Taz Taylor, saying good night. We'll see you same bat time, same bat place here on Race Chat Live.
2: Good night, everybody.
1: Just a good old boy, never meaning no harm.
3: Beats all you never saw, been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Straightening the
1: curve planting the hills. Someday the mountain might get them, but the law never will. They're making their way. Just a little bit more than the law will Just a good old boy Wouldn't change if
2: they
0: could Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood